Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Long Shot Podcast, the Larry Bird episode, if you will. Ooh. I am your host, Duncan Robinson, as always, and I'm here with my co-host and good friend, Davis Patrick Reed. What's up? How's it going? We're uh, in person. We are back in person. Uh, we've been bouncing around a little bit. And uh, Davis is back in South Florida. So for all you people out there that are, you know, hitting him up on IG, telling him to get down here, we're one step closer. Um, Davis is also sporting some fantastic threads. If you're watching on YouTube, that is a uh, you're looking at a one of one Duncan Robinson Sioux Falls Sky Forest jersey. Is this really one of one? Is that true? Yeah, one of one. Well, I mean, uh, one of one of the the color red. I mean, we had a uh, we had a white jersey as well, and we actually had some. We had like a Sioux Falls state flag, um, the state of South Dakota flag as a jersey. That was pretty cool, and we also had a corn jersey, which was pretty cool because obviously, you know, South Dakota is really big into corn. Uh, but yeah, we were one of one, and that was the only jersey I got to keep. So please, you know, look after that closely. I uh, found this in the closet about 20 minutes before we sat down to do this. And I thought, I'm going to throw this thing on. So I threw it on over a t-shirt. You then convinced me to wear it with no undershirt. I now feel very exposed. It's a little cold in here. I'm going to be fully transparent. I did a couple push-ups before we turned the camera on. I don't think it helped. I'm pretty small right now. Uh, but yeah, here we go. Here we are. This It's a little more snug than I would have thought. You're, you, I think maybe you were a little more slender back then. You've put on some weight since. I like the tight fit uh, just to feel nice and snug. But yeah, you actually do fill it out pretty well. I'm massive. Um, <laughs> I'll also say that... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like an honor that, that you're wearing it. Um, and yeah, you had the undershirt on before, and I just yeah. said, you know, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. You have in this closet, you have a uh, a Kobe jersey, a jersey from the three-point contest you did, an all-star jersey, um, a Heat jersey, and the Sioux Falls jersey. And the Sioux Falls one, so it's just speaking to me. I could have picked any of them, but this is the one that felt right. No, that one's special. Uh, some good mileage in that jersey. To be honest with you, yeah. I, I, I had some some good times up in Sioux Falls. <laughs> They've been documented on this podcast. So if you're uh, if you haven't heard those times and you haven't looked at, listened to our previous episodes, yeah, here's a little plug for that. Um, but yeah, no, we got a great episode for you. Yes, uh, the Struce is loose, super loose on the long shot. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, he came over to to my humble abode and and we had a good talk. Yeah, uh, covered all things small college basketball, G League, going undrafted, Miami Heat. Uh, playing professionally in the yeah. NBA, a little shy town stand-up action, and, oh. and everything in between. It's you know what I actually I wasn't expecting is how you are kind of like his. We joke that he's your rook, you're his veteran, but you could see it in the conversation. Like there, we tell some stories about times that you gave him advice because you guys very similar story. D two D one NBA, D three D one NBA. You guys are not the same player, but have similar roles in Miami, have gone through the same kind of thing. So there's a lot that you two can relate uh, to one another with. And so I thought that was really cool for me to listen to what was kind of like a vet and rook relationship. Now, obviously you guys are like a year and a half, two years two apart. Years. So it's not really that, but yeah, it was cool. No, I, I uh, ever since Max joined us, I mean, I made a concerted, concerted effort to kind of look out for him. And, uh, you know, I felt like he's a guy who was kind of going through what I had already been through. So I felt like I was, you know, doing him and 
and everybody a disservice if I didn't uh, take the opportunity to to try to lend a, a helping hand hand at least in, at some in some capacity. Um, and I, you know, it was kind of cool to, to hear that it kind of connected. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Maybe he was, maybe it did. He was actually kind of well. I mean, you'll hear it in the interview, but he's kind of. Uh, He's not completely shying away from the fact that you took him under your wing. He he gives you some credit for that. Uh, anyways, we'll we'll get to the Max episode when we do. I have a question for you, Davis. Yeah. How do I get invited to the Met Gala? <laughs> Let me answer your question with a question. What the hell is the Met Gala? <laughs> it's a great question. Uh, I don't really know. I know it's at the museum, uh, the Metropolitan Museum, I believe. Yeah. But... Obviously, it was just recently, clearly. You know, there's pictures everywhere. Uh, anybody who's anybody is, uh, you know, seemed to be attending. Somehow, I guess my invite <laughs> got lost well, in the mail. It's a good question because the NBA presence is strong now. It's So what, Russ was there, Steph was there. They're maybe a little bit different tier of celebrity than you right now. Yeah. Uh, and they also, they like, because Shea... Uh, yeah, Shay Alexander, Gilgis Alexander was there. He also is probably a different tier, but I think all those guys actually check like the fashion box for sure. Which I, I, I think that's what it's about. It's kind of like a fashion thing, but like obviously the red carpet is huge. But like, what do you think happens inside? <laughs> like, what do they do in there? It's a giant mystery. Yeah, I, so I think you actually answered your own question. How do you get invited? I think you need to lean into your fashion a little bit more. We need to stop with like the plain tees and plain sweatpants walking into the arena. Maybe we lean into like, you know, an all aqua body suit, uh, jumpsuit with some like uh, off white sneakers. Like maybe we just mix that in every once in a while. I don't hate it. Uh, I'll be honest. It's a little bit off brand. A little bit. Um, but I mean, it's it's off brand until it isn't. Yeah. Until you make it your brand and then it's it's back on brand. Uh, maybe that that could be like a, a milestone for this podcast that we both so. get invited Whoa. to the Met Gal. Like that would be a seminal moment for us to be yeah. sitting uh, on the red carpet <laughs> taking pictures, you and I uh, representing the long shot podcast at the Met Gal. That would be pretty cool. What would you wear? I mean, you have you'll, to... you'll have to wait and see. Oh, okay. Something Fine. special though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something special. I think I'm wearing a suit that's made out of mirrors. Here's here's the thing about fashion, and I know very little about fashion. It's uh, you know you're probably not surprised to hear that if you've seen any photos of me not playing basketball, pretty underwhelming. You know, I, I have my lane and I stay in it. But the thing about fashion that I've kind of realized is that you just have to own whatever it is you want to go after. One hundred percent. Like it's a hundred percent, maybe not a hundred, but a. Uh, a, a large majority of it is between the ears. 90%. Like if you if you embrace like this is me, this is who I am. You know, I can wear sunglasses at night. I can, <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can wear a romper. Yeah, you know, sure. like I, I Russell Westbrook. I can wear a dress walking down one thousand. Uh, you know, Times Square in New York. Like then you can do it. Yes. One. Uh, also, just shout out to PJ Tucker, your teammate. PJ, he, yeah, he was also there, rocking like a. I think it was like a '70s vibe kind of. Thing. It was like velour, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it like was a red velour or something. Beautiful. Yeah, I saw the picture. But again, I was in. that guy can rock anything with confidence. It's what he does, you know. So it's like Russ is the same way. Yeah, you're you're 100 correct. So when I'm wearing my suit made out of mirrors, I'm gonna own it. And when you're wearing your aqua blue jumpsuit, you're gonna own it, and we're gonna look great. I can't wait for that moment. That's going to be like, we're going to look back on this episode when, when we've made it to the Met Gala, Met Gala uh, and just acknowledge yeah. how far we've come. I think so too. Hey, um, speaking of owning it, did you see Dennis Schroeder's Instagram? Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I have a ton of appreciation for that attitude and perspective. 
you know, if you're not willing to, to laugh at yourself sometimes and kind of be self-deprecating, um, then, you know, I don't want to say I'm not a fan of you, but I'm just more more a fan of the people that Agreed. are willing to kind of go that route. And uh, he obviously did fully embracing it. And, you know, all the while just subtly flexing his Bugatti and his Rolls right. Royce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was like an AP on his wrist. Yes. You know, just, just subtle. Just to remind everybody, you know, while you, you mix in the fumbled the bag jokes that I, he's doing just fine. I was going to say that felt intentional. So just to provide some context, Dennis Schroeder, uh, was offered what a eighty-four million dollar deal. I'm not sure of the uh, semantics. Declined it. Then in free agency, things changed. He signed, ends up signing a one-year deal for what four and a half. I think five point nine. I believe six million dollars something. So he misses out on a bunch of money. He posted on Instagram, "I'm gonna do this one time. Give me your best fumbled the bag jokes." So he's leaning into it. He's accepting it. Uh, that yeah, he maybe uh, uh, missed out on a little money, but like you said. He throws a bunch of nice things in the Instagram. And so it's very clear that he's going to be okay regardless. I mean, yeah, that, that's the other thing. Like the backup option is to still make an excessive amount of money, $6 million a year uh, to play basketball. And he signs a one-year deal, maintains flexibility, and can be a free agent next year. Yep. And he's in a you know storied franchise in Boston Celtics and has a chance to be a part of you know something special. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I mean, obviously they got to go through the Miami Heat. So Correct. We'll Thank see you. if that happens. Uh, for yeah. By the way, for anyone who, because I see some stuff that's like, you know, Dungan's from Boston. He's admitted that he grew up a Boston Celtics fan. Let that previous answer be a, a note that you know, we're Miami through and through. My my loyalty lies in the three hundred five and Sky Force through and through and um, Sioux Falls, of course. Hey, la- so last thing I want to ask you before we get to our Reddit question, or not ask you, tell you. I went to the Michigan-Washington game last weekend. Hey, Michigan football's back. You said that last week I after am, a Western Michigan win. I'm fully on the bandwagon. After a Washington win, I'll say that it's it's trending more towards that way. For I, sure. I still don't think you guys we can gotta, say that We got to get our passing offense right. I think like 50 yards in the air is probably not going to cut it against Penn State, Ohio State, yeah. uh, or any team that's better than Washington. But yeah. uh yeah, I mean, I, I like what I see so far at Jim and the boys. I will say, primetime game, Saturday night, 8 o'clock kickoff, Big House was rocking. Oh, yeah. Fantastic just, atmosphere. Just under 109,000. It was elite. 109,000 people in a football stadium can get pretty loud. And at one point, they you know, they're flashing stuff up on the Jumbotron all game, trying to get uh, crowd noise going, like on big third downs or, you know, if, if some big play's coming up. And one of the things they did was, hey, it, it came up on the Jumbotron. Hey, fans, we're going to show some things. Get loud if you like what you see. And they show like, you know, the Block M or, you know. Uh, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. Uh, yeah, Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> the winged helmet. The winged helmet. Come on, give me some more Michigan stuff. Uh, Shem Beckler Hall. Yeah, Bob's uh, The uh, Diag. Pizza. The Diag. Uh Maze. Yeah. And then they show a face of Duncan Robinson. What was the crowd's reaction? A little subdued. <laughs> there was Underwhelmed. Noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Block him. Yeah. Duncan Robinson. Woo. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm serious. It was like things that they're flashing up things that they know fans are going to be excited about. And somehow you, it's you in a heat jersey, like doing your hold the ball flex thing. Nice. And it got, you know, it got the people, it gets the people going. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's cool to hear. You know, my alma mater showing me <laughs> some respect. It was special. Uh, seems like the fans, you know, didn't uh, reciprocate 
the love. No, I'm kidding. But uh, nonetheless, you know, it's it's nice to hear that I'm I'm being talked about. You We've know? talked about this plenty. I don't want to talk about it anymore. But uh, you are appreciated on that campus, and it was it was shown with your face being on the jumbotron. I just thought that was cool. Oh, I'd, I'd like to think that I'm I'm appreciated. Uh, anyways, <laughs> let's let's get to the Reddit question of the week. What do we got? This comes from K Willie four six two, who asks. Who had the best off season? So, you know, we had a lot of shuffling going on. We always do. The NBA off season is now like one of the most exciting times of the entire year just because so much happens. Yeah. Uh, this podcast had a lot happen this off season. True story. Uh, but if you had to pick a team, I, I think I know what you're going to say, but if you had to pick a team, who do you think had the best off season? Yeah, I'm going to keep it local. Uh, the Miami Heat. Uh, I love the moves that that we made. Um, Boo. You know, Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker, Markeith Morris, uh, Caleb Martin, recent signing, yes. Max Struess, yes. Gabe Vincent. Yes. Uh, and also the fact that I get to stay here uh, all ties that. it up in a, in a nice little bow. So, you know, I'll stay 305. Um, you know, heat culture, baby, through and through. I was going to let you get that off because I knew that was going to be your answer. But now I'm going to tell you I'm not accepting that. I agree with you. My, you guys had an awesome offseason. I think you guys got a lot better. I'm happy that you're here. Great. Go Miami. But now g- give me someone else because that's too, almost too easy of a softball. So I'm, I'm going to actually I'm gonna change up the adjective. I don't know if it's necessarily best because I think time will tell. But the most intriguing offseason, in my opinion, is out west with the Lakers. Yeah. The collection of talent and experience that they've gathered there uh, is... I mean, just like truly unique when you look across the league, average age being, I think, around like 32 years old. Um, I think it's just going to be really interesting to see how all those pieces come together. And obviously the ones that are going to be talked about are Russell and, and Carmelo. Um, but I, I really like the addition of like Kendrick. I mean, yep. I, I think Kendrick's an incredible you know, plug-and-play scorer. I think Wayne Ellington uh, has a chance to be really, really impactful. Uh, his game is is perfectly fit for kind of what they're doing, the ability to, to space the floor and put stress on defenses. Uh, Malik Monk, I mean, has shown that he is very capable, particularly against the Miami Heat. Oh, my goodness. Uh, he has filled it up in bunches against us on, yep. on numerous occasions. So I think that's a really interesting one. Uh, I'm going to bounce around a little bit. Another, another move that I think is – not really talked about as much because it kind of happened after the initial kind of pop of free agency was the sign and trade that got Spencer Dinwiddie to Washington. I think Spencer's going to have a really good year. Um, I spent some time training with him this summer. He is absolutely fully healthy. Uh, did some incredible you know rehab work with my guy Mike G out there. Uh, and, and, and I really think that he's going to have a, a really great year, just the way he was moving and uh, obviously has the ability to, to really, really score and create. So I think the combination of him and Brad is going to be really good as well. And obviously they mix in some other pieces with Kuzma and KCP as well. Yeah, yeah. they. I think they get better. Uh, Chicago gets a lot better. Yeah. Um, Actually, I want to shout out one other team. Uh Bringing the Wagner brothers to Orlando. <laughs> Talk about hitting the lottery. Fantastic move yeah. by the Magic. Yeah. Uh, some people are are calling it the Berlin of, of the Southeast <laughs> United States. Uh, O-Town, baby. Um, obviously, we have a rivalry with Orlando, so I don't actually like Orlando. But I like <laughs> the fact that two of my really good friends are... 
you know, competing together in the same jersey. I think that's kind of cool. And so you, you referenced this earlier, but looking at the Lakers roster, it's 37, 36, 32, 33, 35, 36, 34, 30. Like you get the vibe. I got the vibe. Yeah. Uh, Who's the youngest player? Talon or Tucker? 20, yes. Um, you've got, yeah. Horton they, Tucker, 20. You've got uh, Sean D. Brown, Michigan guy. There you go. 22. Uh, Mac McClung, 22. But yeah, I mean, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of old guys. On the flip side, you have the Magic, who are like, I think <laughs> they're old. They've got uh, a couple vets, but their entire roster is like 23 and younger. Yeah, so I mean, I kind of flipped that question and, and made it my own. Best, I think, is the Miami Heat. Most intriguing, yeah. I think, is the Los Angeles Lakers. And kind of the uh, the maybe the one that's not being quite talked about enough. I like the Washington Wizards. Love that. No, actually, uh, the Wizards, that's a good pick. That's a good Let's pick. get to our long shot feature. We have Emma... Radu Kanu? Radu Kanu. We're going to go with Radu Kanu. You're really, you're really putting some stress on me with the pronunciation of these You've names. You've bragged about your vocabulary uh, many times. Emma Radu Kanu is an 18-year-old tennis star who went from qualifier to champion in the U.S. Open. She's the first qualifier in men's or women's tennis to even make it to the finals of a Grand Slam tournament, let alone win the whole damn thing. She was ranked 150th in the world coming in, and she took home the hardware. Pretty wild. I will come clean and tell you that I don't know a ton about tennis. I know but, I know quite a bit. But I do know that, yeah, there are qualifying tournaments for like amateurs to even get into just the first round. Like it's a massive success to even get into the first round, let alone win a round, let alone win a couple, let alone win it all. Never happened in the history of the sport. Safe to say uh, our girl Emma is absolutely a long shot. And to do it at just 18 years old, she's got a a bright future. It's just insane. And to bring this uh, conversation full circle, she, I believe, was at the Met Gala. And she had a quote that she was more nervous standing on that carpet getting her picture taken than playing in the U.S. Open. How about that month for Emma? Yeah. What? Like, think about going into that tournament. She probably never imagined that she would get a Met Gala invite. Here we are talking about the Met again. Well, it's intriguing. But, like, it's it's unbelievable that she just skyrockets to stardom to the point where she gets an invite. Like, that's that's pretty – I mean, I'm jealous, as you can probably tell in my voice. Do you remember being 18? Like, I just, I don't think my brain could have comprehended all of that happening in a week span. Yeah, I mean, that combined with, like, competing at such a high level in front of so many people, like, at the the pinnacle of the, the women's tennis world and succeeding, uh, then turning around and having the composure to, to walk across that red carpet. Yeah, it was wild. Um, pretty pretty cool stuff. Shout out to Emma for that. Uh, let's get right to our conversation with Max. Uh, this this as we alluded earlier, this is a fun one, uh, near and dear to my heart uh, in, in many ways. Uh, Max is uh, not only a teammate but a good friend of mine, and yeah, we had a good time with it. He's like a younger brother. <laughs> All right, here's Max. Hello and welcome back in to the Long Shot Podcast. We have a very, very special guest with you today. Uh, long overdue in many way, ways, shape, and form. Uh, former Lewis University legend went on to play at DePaul. 
uh, where he's in the record books over there in uh, in uh, Chi Town, went on to be undrafted in the 2019 NBA draft, I believe. That is correct. Uh, proceeded to have a cup of coffee with a couple of different organizations, <laughs> uh, you know, fellow Eastern Conference foes, if you will, and has since found a home here uh, in the 305. Max Struess, welcome to the Long Shot Podcast. Yeah, you got it right. Well, long overdue. Um, you know, I, it's been a long time coming. You know, I've been told I've been on the pod. I'm going to be on the pod for about <laughs> over a year now, so it's finally good to be on here. So, well, yeah, that's we, actually not I, possible. I, we haven't been working for over a year. <laughs> right. It feels like it. It feels like um, you know. That immediately when you guys brought it out, it was oh man, you're going to be on there for sure, man. And then <laughs> we did. It, it, took, it did, took a while, but we made it. I did hard sell early. Uh, <laughs> You are somewhat of a, a controversial guest, at least behind closed doors. Yeah. Uh, we, like you mentioned, we aim to have you on multiple times. Uh, probably the most noteworthy being in Las Vegas after you hit your uh, game winner. Like uh, we're talking like 15 minutes after you hit your yeah. game winner. On, it was yeah. actually like borderline disrespectful of me to like kind of interrupt that moment of no, you know, that yeah, celebratory yeah, moment. Yeah, and I, no. I called you and I was like, hey, would you be willing to come on the podcast right now? <laughs> right now. Uh, and I think you were going to see your family. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I was on the bus actually coming back from the game and uh, I got a call from Duncan and he's like, and both of them actually are on the FaceTime. Can you uh, can you come on the podcast right now? And I'm like, dude, I'm still on the bus. He's like, wait, actually, are you still in your uniform? <laughs> and I'm like, what? Why would you want me in the freaking uniform? Like, what is that going to do? We're trying to revolutionize but, podcasting. We we're going to yeah. turn into like a post game interview you slash like podcast. The live, yeah, the yeah. live podcast, which would have been great. But yeah, I had some family in town, so yeah. So you family actually, comes first. You slow played us in that right. instance because that. you were like, oh, I can't right now. And then you called me later, and you were like, all right, I can hop on. But we at that and point, then, we then there were some bigger names that were ahead of me. Yep, <laughs> yeah, and then I got put back right into place right there. So, I mean, it was uh, we were being a little opportunistic in the moment. Um, no, you know, I you'd had a big game. It. I mean, we could talk about summer league since you brought it up. Uh, many are referring to it as the Max Struess coming out party. Uh, absolutely dominated uh, game winner, particularly that 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 game against the Grizzlies. I was courtside for that one. Uh, in case anyone was was uh, was wondering, <laughs> um, but yeah, that that game was you were doing it at all levels first and foremost, and on both ends. And I think uh, for me, you know, having been a fan of yourself for a while, to see all the work you put in kind of come to fruition on that stage was was cool to see. Yeah, no, it was fun. Uh, you know, the Heat wanted to put me in a, a different situation and something that I, I haven't been doing um you know it was like more than shooting as you know we've, we're shooters so um don't they, put yourself in a box you're right I don't want to be in the box <laughs> but uh that's just how it is and uh but no they they had the confidence in me to you know challenge myself to be more than that so um I took it as a challenge and um I think I had a very good summer league yeah so uh, it went well for me and I was excited about it how different is summer league because both of you guys went through this where year one, year two, like you're the new guy, you're yeah. fighting for just a role, you're fighting for minutes. But then you, this past summer, it's like you've kind of solidified yourself you're as a guy. rotation guy. Yeah. So now you're at summer league and it's a whole different thing. Like you're now the guy on that team. How much yeah. does your mindset switch? Oh, it's completely different. My, I mean, obviously I've only played in one summer league because of COVID. Yeah. Um, but my first one was with the Celtics and uh, I was on a two-way um, and it was just like, you might touch the ball, you might not. You know, you never know in the situation. Summer league is always tough, um, you know, with the, the point guard situations and things like that. Guys are out there to prove themselves. So um, everybody wants to put the ball in the basket. So, um, but no, this was this was definitely a, a whole different situation. And, um, 
something I'm very happy I did. There was a question if I was going to play or not, but I'm extremely happy with how it went and, and the uh, the outcome we had there. Yeah, I was once told that if you can get a bucket in summer league, then you'll have no problem getting a bucket in a regular season NBA game just because summer league, obviously everyone's playing for jobs. Everybody. Everyone's trying yeah. to prove themselves on every single possession. And obviously guys in the NBA are still trying to prove themselves, but you know, you get around game 45 and <laughs> let's call know, it what it is. You get comfortable. Yeah. Maybe it's the second night of a back to back. I, I don't get comfortable. That's what uh, it sounds like. <laughs> I don't get comfortable, but I'm not going to throw any names out there, but certain guys might not be as locked in on a particular January, February, right around the yeah, all-star break. Exa yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, summer league though is, is very different, uh, just because everyone's trying to prove themselves. Um, I'm curious, you talk about expanding your game, having a little bit more of a role. What was the preparation? Because I went through that um, yeah. leading up to Summer League, and I, and I obviously I'm a little partial, but I think the Heat do as good of a job as, as any organization Absolutely. in preparing their guys um, to be successful for Summer League. So talk a little bit about what this summer was leading up to that. Yeah, yeah. So I actually came out here um, to Miami a couple weeks before Summer League to work out. And um, the first day they had me shooting mid-range pull-ups and doing floaters, and I was like, this is not what the Heat do, first off, and why am I the guy who only shoots threes and comes off screens to shoot threes doing this? And uh, they were like, you're going to be the guy. Like you, You're going to be in different situations. you got to find other ways and get comfortable in other ways scoring. So um, I'm glad they prepared me for that situation because I would not have been ready on my own because I didn't know that's what they were going to have me do. But um, like you said, their development process and how they uh, prepare you for those situations is second to none. I want to talk a little bit about your story. I referenced uh, the legendary Lewis University, uh, which you recently informed me is a fantastic flight school. The aviation. Uh, aviation program. So if you're looking to be a pilot, uh, please look out for, look out for I Lewis. I appreciate the plug. Look man. out for yeah. Lewis University. Uh, I'm sure Max is going to be a donor here as well. So he might be funding your flight trials. Anyways, uh, you took an actually like a, a similar path to myself. Um, the story is is eerily similar, honestly. Like you're yeah. you're kind of under recruited. Uh, you're smaller in high school. You you go through a growth spurt. You play Division two small college basketball. <laughs> I'm still laughing about the aviation thing. You go. <laughs> well, yeah, that's where Air Struess came from. Oh, oh, right? I like that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, you, <laughs> you go. You go on. Uh, you accept a Division two scholarship to Lewis. You kill there, All American, I believe. National Player of the Year. No, 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 just All-American. All-American. Yeah. Uh, just an All-American. And then you go on to make a jump to high-level Division I uh, college basketball. Then you have to make another jump. You go undrafted. Mm -hmm. You actually – oh, you did play in the G League uh, and another jump to the NBA. I want to ask you about kind of like your, your mindset, particularly early on at Lewis. I can't imagine – I mean, I know you probably thought you were a really good player, but I can't imagine that you envisioned all of this for yourself. Yeah, I didn't really think – I'm actually pretty realistic with myself, uh, so I didn't think I was that good um, in high school. I was obviously. Wait, wait, wait. You one time told me that if you dedicated a year, you <laughs> could be playing in the MLB next year. Yeah, I heard. So this too. I, I don't want to hear the realistic right. bullshit because you, you legitimately told me that you could hit a 98 mile per hour fastball. That I could hit? Yeah. No, no, no. You read me wrong. I could probably throw a 98 mile per hour fastball. All right, fair enough. Whoa, that might be a hotter take. Yeah, I can't do that. Not right now, at least. If you give me a year to like train and stuff, I think I might we'll, be able to run we'll, it up there fast. We'll come back. All to right, that back later. to you yeah, being yeah, realistic. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, 
I was short, obviously, um, coming out of high school, and I played baseball as well. So I didn't do the whole like AAU circuit or anything like that. Um, so it kind of I was under recruited. Uh, my brother actually played at Lewis. Um, Family so, ties, I like it. Yeah, so I knew he played for the same head coach and everything. So I knew what I was getting myself into by going there, and uh, super comfortable. It was only thirty minutes away from my house, so um, took it as like a challenge. Um, I obviously wanted to be a Division One basketball player. That was always the dream. Um, so took it as a challenge to go there and move on. Um, and I just I just kept growing and getting more athletic and getting better at basketball as time went on and. Um, it just kind of happened. Um, I can't really. What's what's like the it, what's yeah. like the work process look like? Like at Lewis, are you just are you like living in the gym, late night shots, or or are you like give me give me just a little? It's tough, time, man. man. It's tough. Um, you know, D two D two. We don't have the same facilities that you have um, Division one and the same amount of staff that can help you. Yeah. You know, we don't have a strength coach. We don't have. A meal room we don't have you know they give you ten dollars on a weekend for dominoes like it's like it's tough but um yeah it was a lot of time by myself honestly um going in the gym at night uh staying after games just shooting by myself chasing my own rebound we didn't have a gun um so I, here and there i would get a manager we had one manager who would who was busy I was shout, out a lot to of tasks. Whoever that shout out to that yeah. philip philip my guy phil philip, philip. i yeah, hope you're a listener philip you probably aren't he but probably if you is are. actually he's a big fan of yours he's a big fan so um yeah he would he would help me out a ton but uh it was a lot of a lot of stuff on your own and it's just a it's a different grind and uh something i'm very happy it happened to me because it, it taught me a lot um, about the game and it teaches me to actually not take things for granted to where we are now and the things that we get to see so the goal for you was always can i parlay this opportunity at Lewis to a division one school that was always my dream yeah um I wouldn't say I was going there to do that I just wanted to go there and play basketball and and, and play like I figured I'd have a good career and, and play overseas maybe because um, you know I, my brother played there so I knew his teammates and um I you know a couple of them went and played overseas and they were really talented so um that's where I saw it going but after my first year I was like all right I'm I got a chance at this, so. Well, that's what that was gonna be my next yeah. my next question. So, was it clear after freshman year that it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I think I can play at a higher level. Yeah, there was like, I had like flirts of like leaving after my freshman year. Um, we had a really good team. It was like an older team, but I started as a freshman, and um, you know, I I was a freshman of the year, so I had a really good year. We made the NCAA tournament, so um, there was ideas of me leaving, but I just didn't really have the balls to pull the trigger to be honest with you uh, and then the next year I just like completely took off and uh, in my head it was like I could stay here and be have my jersey hung up probably be a, a legend but who really is going to know anything about that you know so uh, some pilots some pilots pilots out there they would get a plane named after you yeah yeah actually we never flew anywhere which is weird that doesn't seems like a missed opportunity yeah. what do we do yeah, we have all these planes on campus but no we don't we don't fly anywhere so there's actually yeah. a, a small world story so when i was at michigan coach beeline called me into his office and you and i've talked about this before Calls me into his office and he starts playing this like grainy footage. It looks like a high school game. And I'm like, or one of the games that I used to play in Williams. Uh, I'm like, coach, what's this? He's like, oh, this is this Division II kid. Oh, he can really shoot it. He's got a great jumper. Coach Beeline, with all love Coach Beeline, but he, he has like a kind of like 
he talks about the game in like a kind of like antiquated way, not like disrespectfully, but like he just as an older guy. Is that our word of the day? Antiquated. Antiquated is pretty uh, pretty good. Um, but anyways, it turns out to be Max, and he's he's like evaluating whether or not he should recruit him, and he actually made the joke. He's like. Uh, yeah, you know, if this was three years earlier, like I'd probably go after him, but I already got a small college kid who can shoot and can't play any defense. <laughs> so I'm sorry that I took your spot at, uh, no, at man, Michigan. Like I mean, it clearly Dang. worked out pretty well for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that ended up being Max Struess, and you obviously went on to, to play at DePaul. I'm curious, when you get to DePaul, what is that jump like? Because that's a school right in the heart of Chicago. Yeah. You're playing a high level of basketball. Is there a transition obviously basketball wise, but also mentally of like going through, like, am I good enough to play at this level? Um, am I capable of like really being impactful here? Definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing for me when I first got there was, uh, like I said, we didn't have a strength coach. So it was like, all these dudes are just like super strong and like everybody's like built. And I was like this little short, I mean, I grew, but I was still like, had like baby fat and I was like pudgy um so it, it took me some time to actually get in a weight room and actually lift a weight for once so um i was never able to do that that was like the biggest thing for me but as far as um like talent and basketball wise like i as soon as i got on the court with those guys and played open gym like i i really didn't see that big of a difference um I, it didn't feel that big to me um but yeah i mean it was obviously once we played and i was sitting out i was watching the other teams and the playing other teams in the big east was going to be a struggle i mean it's a it's a hell of a conference yeah for sure it's tough basketball but um you know the, the red shirt year was big for me and uh it definitely helps you you know find yourself and and really lock in on what you really need to do for that next year and figure out what the team needs for that next year because we were, we were we struggled that year i was out i mean depaul wasn't wasn't very good when i first got there so i kind of knew i was going to have some opportunity to play and um, fill a role and, and the coaches believed in me right when I got there so uh, it was always good to have that support from them and um, yeah I just kind of went right into doing exactly what I was doing at Lewis so it's interesting because the the transfer thing is obviously so prominent in, in college basketball right now and now you yeah. see smaller programs which I honestly I feel for small college coaches because they finally get a really good player they find a diamond in the rough and maybe they have one or two good years with them, and then they just get poached by a bigger school yeah. that has more resources, more opportunity. However, with that being said, a lot of those guys that make that jump I've seen really struggle with that transition because they're used to having the ball in their hands at their small college, yeah. and then they, they play at a, at a bigger school, and their role is different. They're playing off the ball, less touches, uh, just not as comfortable. You, that really wasn't the case no. with you. Like you came in as a junior eligibility wise and you had like a neon green light. <laughs> ultimate. And yeah. You were the, asked, the, the most ultimate green light you could ever. Yeah. Have. To the point where I remember you, I remember watching you live against Xavier. I didn't, I had no idea who you yeah. were and you were just shooting everything. <laughs> like just no conscience. <laughs> and I was like, this guy just gets them. I mean, they were going in for sure, but I mean, yeah, the one game they went in, Jeez. but that's, that's unique in that you're playing at a small school. You, you go through the jump and the transition and you're still the guy at the big school yeah. too. Yeah. That was actually part of the reason I went to DePaul too, is my, uh, my meeting with them on my recruiting visit and everything was basically, you're going to come in and be the guy. So it was, they right there, right then and there, they were saying like, 
we want you to play the same way you played at Lewis. Like we, we believe that you could do this. And um, it was actually funny to me, you know, like I said earlier, when I went to Lewis, like I was like, I could probably play overseas. Like, you know, that probably be cool. I figured that's where my career would end up. Um, but as soon as I got on campus at DePaul, like after like a week, the coaches called me into their office and it was like, so this basketball, you're pretty serious about basketball, right? And I was like, yeah, it's, I mean, I'll probably play for a little bit overseas, like when I'm yeah. done. And they were like, overseas, huh? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, no, dude, like you gotta, you gotta change up your goals. Like you can play in the NBA. So like, that's when it clicked for me. And I was like, if they could see this, like, I didn't even see it at first. Like I didn't, I just thought I was pretty good and you know, whatever I, I go play professionally, but they like immediately were like, no, we see it. Like you just need to keep working and things will happen. But yeah, that just, I played the same exact way at, yeah. like I did at Lewis. Just sh shot every time. So <laughs> 20, can't, 2019, can't, can't that. 2019 NBA draft, you go undrafted on draft night, you sign a tour with the Celtics. Now, all of a sudden, you're like you said, you're the guy at, at DePaul, and then you're back down on the pecking order. I don't think people realize, like, obviously, how hard it is to crack into the, yeah. the NBA from a skill standpoint, but then also from like an opportunity standpoint. I was super, super fortunate of like. I right away linked on with a good situation. You kind of had to navigate through yeah. some different opportunities. Um, just talk about those a little bit, if you will. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you walk into the facility the first day and not one person knows who you are or cares who you are. So, um, it, yeah, like you said, it goes from being the guy to just being another dude walking around the building. So um, it, it is definitely tough because you want to – get those moments in practice and in training camp to show what you can do and, and do what you want to do. But they already have the team set up the way they want it to. And, yep. and as a two way, you're not, you're not in that group. Like you're not in that grouping. You don't even get to practice sometimes. So um, it's definitely tough to get an opportunity to showcase what you can do. But um, I mean, here though, it's different. Like I came into training camp last year and I was like, I was on an exhibit 10 I was coming off an ACL injury. So, I was like, I'll probably get some minutes like here and there in practice or get some reps, but it's a whole different animal here. I mean, they just let you play. They let you do everything. I mean, the first day of training camp, uh, Chris Quinn pulled me aside after I passed up a shot, and he was like, he's like, dude, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, you just passed up two wide-open threes. And I was like, yeah, but I got the ball to Jimmy. Like, we're good. Like, <laughs> I'm that's doing what we're, that's what we're gonna do. Got, yeah, right? Get the ball to Jimmy. <laughs> of course. And he was like, nah, dude. Like, you're here to shoot, like, if you're open, you shoot the goddamn ball. And I was fair enough. That's all they had to say to me then. And then every time I was open after that, I shot. I remember having that conversation with, with Quinny. Uh, he actually came up to me and he was like, he kind of grabbed the two of us. Yeah. And he was like, uh, you know, Max is kind of going through what you went through your first year. Can you talk to him a little bit about like that process of right. finding your way, you know, not wanting to step on toes, but also understand like you have to be aggressive. And I think basically I, I just told you, like, just shoot everything. You literally did, yeah. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> I was just like. Literally. Because that's, like, that's yeah. basically what it got to with me. I was like, all right, just shoot everything and then let them dial it back. Yeah. And then legitimately the next practice, Max was just shooting everything. I was like, well, that, that happened pretty quickly. <laughs> he took a tar. He was going all. Like, I think one of the practices, you like, I remember your, like, breakout practice. Yeah. When you hit, like, seven or eight threes um, throughout, like, all the live portions. I was, I was just like, wow, this guy just really took what I said to heart. That's beautiful. <laughs> no, you literally looked at me. You're like, if you can get it off, like, shoot it. And I was like, 
all right. Sounds fun. And that's what I did at DePaul. So I was like, damn, this is going to be awesome. Like, I get to do what I did in college. So, yeah, I think um, that's the difference is that you had practiced doing that. Yeah. But on the other hand, it was like, oh, shoot, when the ball's thrown to you in the corner, I'm like, all right, all right, all right. But yeah. that with Miami was like totally different. For you, it was right. just like tapping into old habits. Yeah, no, it was great. It was great. It was perfect timing. Um, yeah, no, I, I appreciate you telling me that too because it was great advice. It really helped me out. What's going on in Miami? Because it's so interesting to me. You guys, we talked about, we don't want to put you guys in a box, but you're both shooters. I mean, that's what you do. That's why you're here in Miami. And so much of that is mental. Like Mm -hmm. being a good shooter is having the mental strength to just let it fly, right? And so coming in as two-way guys, like when you're in Boston and you're the new guy and nobody knows you, it's like, how do you have the mental strength to just go fire whenever you want? Unless you have the coaching staff telling you, hey, shoot it when you're open. It's like, it seems so obvious that you need to instill confidence in your young guys, but that does that just not happen? Like, is it rare that Miami's doing that? I mean, to me it is, because I was in Boston and I was in Chicago and not one person said that to me. So, um, I mean, I, I don't even know if some coaches even knew my name like at those <laughs> places. So, well, in Chicago I spent more time, but in Boston it was like, I was only there for like a couple months. Yeah. So, um, but it's tough. I mean, you're also out there and you're, trying to fulfill a dream of yours that you've always thought you could do and um, you don't want to mess it up. And like, you're out there just trying not to fuck it up basically. So you don't want to be out there missing shots when they really don't care if you miss shots, as long as you shoot them and you get them off and you show that the confidence in yourself to do it um, is really all they care about. So it took me a while to learn that, but Miami definitely helps instill that for sure. Yeah, I want to talk more about the mental side of shooting because it's such a fragile art. I'll call it an art. Um, And this is something I think just in the conversations that we've had, like you've wrestled with a lot. Like I'm a pretty self-deprecating individual (laughs) when it comes to my own performance. And you might take the cake on that one. Uh, Max goes to a dark place yeah. very very quickly i'm like i'm literally a psychopath <laughs> no like legitimately yeah. like i think Quinny told me uh I, I called Quinny after one of your summer league games um i was like oh max was killing and you had the stretch in the beginning where you were playing really bad like you yeah. like you were terrible in the beginning and then you just ended up going for like 27 yeah. and uh i was talking to Quinny about it. he's like yeah he just came up to me he's like yeah, I just fucking sucked in the first quarter and I just decided I wasn't going to suck anymore and I just went out there and shot everything. And then you ended up playing great. But talk a little bit about like you kind of wrestling with that throughout this year while also trying to like solidify yourself as like, okay, I'm I'm here, like I'm a legitimate NBA player. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a, a fine line in between it, but I haven't found that yet. Um, I've definitely... <laughs> You've improved, I've definitely came a long You've way. Improved. Yeah, I've came a long way, but I'm still not even close to where it needs to be. But... Um, for me, it's just finding that the fine line between having that chip on your shoulder that like you yeah. can carry it to like that attitude that I have to like telling myself that I'm bad or like you suck. Like that has like driven me to like get to where I am. So like it's hard to like just throw that away and like because I feel like that's really like what drives me is like me talking down to myself, which sounds crazy. But um, I don't know. That's just always 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 how I've always coped with things. And then to a point where like you need to like actually talk very good to yourself and like build confidence within yourself and talk yourself up. 
so I'm, I'm in the middle of finding the, the, the medium <laughs> in between those things, but um, it's not easy at all. It's, it's very it's, not. It's, really it's not. not. And, and you mentioned it. It's a weird combination of like being your biggest fan, but also being your biggest critic and right. understanding that you have to play both sides of that. Um, you know, like for example, I've seen when I, when I came in as a two-way, Wayne Ellington was an unbelievable example of somebody who was just like blank faced the yeah. entire time. Make seven in a row, miss seven in a row, same expression. And for a while, I tried to do that. And like... It's impossible. I think it's incredible that he does it. And clearly it works for him. I, I like can't get to that place. And I think part of it too is like, it's a weakness and strength of that motivating factor of like, all right, I just missed two, three in a row. Like I got to figure my, I got to get my shit together. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of like motivating yourself while also understanding like having an extreme belief in your abilities. Cause I think you do that. Like when you, when you go to that place and we joke about it, but like you don't actually think that you suck as a basketball yeah. player. You're just trying to hold yourself to a standard. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's my thing is like when I'm playing bad or missing shots or whatever, it's, I feel like in myself, I work way too hard to do this. Like I work way too hard in myself and I put too many hours in to be bad. So that's my problem is like, that's why do you logic. do this? Right. Yeah. It sounds so like Wayne Ellington. I'm sorry. Like he sounds like a great guy. I don't the know man. him at all. Legend. But he doesn't sound human. <laughs> I mean, how do you just keep a straight face the whole time? That doesn't sound imp- like possible to me. But um, yeah. That's so just, how do you cope? Because I mean, it seems like I'm getting vibes of like, uh, uh, I think Duncan said earlier, I actually wanted your opinion on this, that uh, you were his rook. It's kind of my rook. I mean, he what? You weren't like, a rookie. I mean, I looked out for Max last he year. He did. He did look out for me. I will say that. Okay. I'm not going to rook like, you like you were my rook. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, I, I looked. I felt like yeah. I looked out for you. Duncan's the last person to call somebody his rook. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It sounded <laughs> exactly. just the way he said it was weird. But it sounded weird. Yes, in, in he definitely fear, took care practice. of me. Yes, Got I mean, it. in I practice, off the court, like I didn't know anybody out here. So like, he came right at me, man. Let's go get dinner. Like, let's do this. Let's do that. Like. Great guy, man. Great guy. Uh, No, no, no. We're not here to pump his tires. I, I, the reason I ask is I was getting vibes of like, you know, you, you gave him the advice to just shoot it every time he touched it. So with that being said, he's struggling to cope with like finding that balance. Are there things you found of like, cause you can go to a dark place too. Oh yeah. So if there, if you, do you have methods now of like, now that you've been through it for a little bit of like maintaining that balance? I actually have caught him in his dark, dark places before. And I've tried to help. I've actually tried to say things. I don't know if it ever got through to him. How do? What's? But it? you know that nothing external that helps point, in that yeah, moment. At that point, you don't want to hear. Because the last thing you want to hear is, "Oh, dude, like you're so great. Like that's, you're, you're just patronizing. Like I don't want to yeah. hear that. That's not what I told you. But no, I know, I know. But it, what's his tell of like being in a dark? How do you know he's in a dark place? Is he just like throwing stuff he in the locker room? I don't do a great job like, of hiding it. He punches himself in the hands. I mean, you oh, can see yeah, 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 yeah. And he like rips his jersey. He'll he, do. Like, he'll, yeah, he'll do yeah, the rip jersey. That's when I know he's like he's lost it. Like, yeah. I'm like come on, man. That's like, a, come back, come back in. It's a running joke in the heat facility uh, with our assistants that if I like don't get a certain goal in a drill, that I like rip. Oh I, yeah, like, rip he, my jersey. Thing, yeah. <laughs> I like do it all the time. Have you ever actually caused a tear? <laughs> yeah, like more for like theatrics than anything else <laughs> sure which <laughs> makes know, sense. just to kind of have that moment <laughs> tough guy. um i mean yeah in, in terms of like actually kind of wrestling with it it's like anything like you learn to kind of yeah. gain experience um and also like of course experiencing success helps with it too 
Um, and, and it also like, it kind of like raises your floor, so to speak. Cause it's yeah. like, you know, it's one thing for you to miss shots when you're on such a tight leash. And it's another thing, like I felt this in my first year when I would miss shots, I would beat myself up even more, which doesn't help because it's just compounding the issue. Yeah. But it's like, I'm out there for seven minutes. I got to make my two or three attempts, yeah. um, which is a really, really hard thing to do. That's, Probably the hardest thing to do to just step into a game and make a shot. That's how exactly how I felt last year. Because, like, you're on a two-way. Nothing's guaranteed. So, like, I'm out there trying to prove myself every time. But at the same time, you're trying to do the right thing for the team at the, at the time. And it's not about you. So, um, if you go out there and you miss. Like, I, went, I played against the Lakers. They put me in, like, oh. the fourth quarter. And I, <laughs> I, I like, was pretty bad that game too. So between the two of us, we I were had just like six wide open. I games. remember this game, actually. and I missed them all. Like I was zero for eight. Yeah, and like the people on the sidelines were ripping me. I was terrible. And I, I, like we're still winning. We're playing great defense. I come off the court. Every high, like coach high fived me. Like great minutes. Yeah. Every player, Udonis has him like grabbing. He's like, dude, that was unbelievable. I'm like what the fuck are you guys watching? <laughs> like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that was awful. Like, that was an awful display of basketball. I don't know why they kept me on the floor that long. But, yeah, they loved it. I was like, what the hell is going on? This place is just weird to me. But um, but what that, what that yeah. shows, too, is that, like, the last thing anybody's worried about with somebody like you is making shots. Yeah. Because they know that once you get comfortable, once you have that opportunity, that those will come. It's yeah. more so, like, the fact that you're able to step into a game like that I believe that was like a nationally televised oh, yeah, weekend game or something like yeah. for you to come into that game and be impactful in your minutes that's what they're like you know right. congratulate not congratulating but like giving showing you love on yeah. um and that's what i always felt my first year is like when i would come in and play spot minutes i wouldn't make shots i shot like 28 percent from three on the <laughs> year like terrible um but when i did have like a couple plays where i did something people would like try to show me love and I actually I disliked it because I was like I was like bothered by it. like no yeah. like I want to hold myself to a higher standard. But I realize now I have the perspective to realize, and I hope you would too over that Lakers no. game of like that stuff matters. Too. I get it now. Yeah, it just you, it takes a while to learn. Yeah, and you get it. Obviously, you want to be your best at all times, but that's not possible. So um, no, I've definitely learned along the way. But as far as like the confidence things go, I think you've made a great point of like. Once you've like solidified yourself, it just it helps so much more. Like this summer yeah. has been huge for me. Like just getting a guaranteed guaranteed contract, knowing I'm here for two more years, and then summer league. I mean, was huge for me, just to show that I'm capable of doing it at that at that level and capable of making the shots. I mean, I have like the utmost utmost confidence in myself right now, and I think it's going to help me a lot that, for this upcoming season and a lot mentally as well. I think it's just. It just gives you more stability to just like go back and be like, look, they believe in you. They obviously want you here. Like it just it helps so much. But but you've earned that confidence. You know right. what I mean? Like I think that's so that's so relatable to everything. Like that's not just sports. It's like yeah. you've proved yourself you can do something. It's like you can always lean back on that. Right. And we've talked about this a little bit. I think it was JJ who talked to you about reference points. Yeah. It's like you created your reference points. Like, yeah. okay, I ha I've had 27 in an NBA game. I've had a game winner in 32 in an yeah. NBA summer league game. Like, I'm capable. And so you can fall back on that. I uh, I think that just goes to show how impressive it is for you to fire nine threes in like three minutes. <laughs> it really wasn't long. That's back crazy. at a point where you hadn't had many reference points and yeah. you still have the mental fortitude to just like keep firing. Oh, every one of them I thought about too. It was like, should I, <laughs> should I shoot this? I don't know. And that's I'm why they terrible. don't go in. But like, I, yeah, exactly. That's the reason they didn't go in. But um, yeah, I think that was another reason they were happy is because I wasn't 
shy to keep shooting. shooting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, that shows enough confidence in yourself to, to keep shooting, like you said. But, um, yeah. This was my role in Division Three basketball, which is very similar to Miami yeah. Heat, so I can relate. Uh, there are few things in sports harder than sitting on the bench for two hours and then being thrown into a live-action game and having to play well. Dude, me and him it's talked just... about this last year. Like, And Spo is actually probably the best at it, to just like randomly throw somebody in the game. When you're not expecting it? Oh, yeah. He'll throw he'll throw people into the game like a, a like meaningful minutes. Meaningful. Like, there was like a you'll game sit a whole year. half, he'll throw you in like yeah. eight minutes to go in the third quarter. Haven't played the whole oh, game. I, we played the Hornets last year at home, and – I think it was a close game. It was obviously earlier in the season. Like, it didn't mean as much, but it's still a close game. Division division team. So, like, I said the first three quarters, and then fourth quarter started, and he goes, Max, you're in. <laughs> and I played the whole fourth quarter. And I was, You were playing closing minutes. I remember Closing <laughs> minutes. Like, the whole fourth quarter. And it was a close game, and I remember this exact play. Jimmy drove middle and kicked it to me, and it was, like, probably a minute left. And it was, like, it was like tied. It was, like, a big shot. And I fast faked one more to Dunkey. <laughs> and what did I do with it? No, they got tipped and went out of bounds. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and Jimmy, you, yeah. holy fast. shit, ripped my, like, oh, my God. He goes, when I pass you the, nah, we don't need to say that. But, <laughs> yeah, he basically, he was like, you're in the game to shoot, like, shoot the goddamn ball. So, um, Duncan, on the other hand, was like, hey, that was a good look. That was, yeah, that right. was yeah, 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 right. Great pass. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to keep swinging it here. Right, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I actually remember that vividly. Yeah. Uh, but you had a you had a handful of moments this year where you just kind of got thrown into the fire. Yeah. One thing I, I love about Max, and I'd, I'd actually be really interested, we'll have our stack crew uh, look this up, but I feel like you always made your first always. three. It was time. unreal. It was unreal. Like every, time. every single time you made yes. your first three. What happened after that, you still probably shot a good percentage. Yeah. But the first three, I want to say it was probably like 75% on your first attempt. No, it was nuts. Yeah, every time I went in the game, it was just like, oh, I'll probably make my first one. But after that, I don't know what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, that was like a uh, – who always says it? UD always said it. Uh, get ready or stay ready so you don't have to get ready. That yeah. was like his biggest thing he said to me. And, like, every time I went in, I just made my first one. It was nuts. I mean, I actually would love to see the percentages on that. Well, uh, you know, we have a, a big uh, analytics crew uh, yeah. here at the Long We're shop. talking, like, 30, 40 guys. Yeah, they'll do some deep wow. digging. We'll probably have a, the stat up by the end of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Talk a little bit about, because I've, I've been through this, and we obviously have had UD on this podcast um but what it's meant to have somebody like that in your corner as an undrafted guy somebody who is like yeah. holding the torch for all of us yeah i would say no it's ud is a special character for sure as you know um and as the pod knows you've had him on already so fantastic um, yeah. yeah no that was unbelievable but yeah to have somebody that literally has made it this far in the nba through hard work it's just like so inspirational and, and for him to have somebody that you could bounce ideas off of or learn from and, and to have that around in the locker room is just it's a blessing because you just I mean he just says so many things throughout the day that you just like learn from and and he's won championships he's been around so um, just a great guy to have around and great guy to learn from and, and he actually takes care of us and takes us under his wing and um, he really does have a special thing for like guys that go undrafted for like sure you could tell like he doesn't really go with that stuff for like guys that were like first round picks. Like he like cares about the dudes who have grinded it out and worked for it. Yeah, absolutely.
I have a, we were talking about rotations and you getting thrown into random rotations. Mm -hmm. It made me think, I have a rotations question for you guys. Do you know, like, do you know, because you're, I guess you kind of have a more random, like you'll get yeah. thrown in in random games. I probably can't answer your question. But do you know, like, when you're coming in and out of games? It's a good question. A rotation um, set, I guess, is my question. Rather than, uh, you have like the random not. Max Struess thrown yeah. in the fourth quarter minutes. But yeah. Do you, are you more like solidified in when you know you're coming in and out of games? So I've actually heard that across the league, they're incredibly solidified. Every year. Um, I think in Miami, we have like a pretty clear structure, kind of like a blueprint of how they want it to go. And then it doesn't always go according to plan. But my, my intuition is that Miami tends to stray off course more than other organizations yeah. would Got be it. my, or more other staffs, coaching staffs. Um, yeah, I mean, you have a pretty clear feel of like, all right, I usually get, you know, who's the first sub? Who do they get? Now, obviously, foul trouble circumstances changes everything, uh, and you might change up rotations to base, you know, based on the specific game plan or yeah. game. Um, but in general, you have like kind of a flow to the rotations, and honestly, like they're usually dictated by the best players. Right. Like, who? Yeah. When do we want this person on the floor? Um, and and I and I mean like the top two guys. How yeah. are we gonna? So you. So not is is basically <laughs> what I'm alluding to. Uh, how are we gonna flip flop their minutes so one of them's always on the floor? How are we? You know, when do we want them yeah. out there together and that sort of thing? Like when will they get their most touches with that group? Like they they base it off of who to play with too. But um, as far as rotations, like yeah, like he said in Chicago, it was like clear cut. This guy's coming out. This guy's coming out. When I came to up, to the minute, as, right? Like to the minute. Yeah. yeah. Like doesn't matter if they're growing off. Like Zach Levine could have had like forty in ten minutes, and he was coming out. Like didn't matter. It was like two minutes left in the first quarter. He's out. Um, but as far as like a two way, yeah, right, right. right. I, I I came up as a two way with the Bulls, and then I knew I wasn't playing every time. Yeah. Like it was like you're just here to put on a uniform, basically. But last year as a two way, like if this dude got three fouls in the first. Six minutes, which, which happened, happened like, a lot. Yeah, happened happened occasionally, like forty-five games. I was like, working on that. All right? I was like slowly unbuttoning my pants. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, this guy's in foul trouble. I might just get thrown in right here. You got to be ready. So, yeah, that was also the the, the COVID year too. That changed yeah, everything yeah. because randomly, like four players would just be out. I mean, we had the, the legendary the game Philly. in Philly where we had six guys or Unreal. seven guys. Seven. Yeah. Uh, we actually we battled. You we battled. We yeah, you should have won, won the first game. Yeah. Uh, let him off the hook late. But, uh, <laughs> but but I mean no seriously like for you in that year to gain the experience that you did oh, yeah. and then have the summer that you have now you're looking at coming into this year and also you look at how our roster is shaped out like you have an incredible opportunity in front of you this year as yeah. well. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I hope so. I think so. Yeah. So <laughs> Whatever that means, it doesn't mean much. Uh, I mean, it's not up to either one of us. No, it's, so. Hey, it's your rook, man. It means a lot. <laughs> yeah, my, my bet. Um, which he is old, by the way. That's crazy. I'm 100%. Yeah. You're old, too, though. I mean, you did five years of college. I'm not 27, though. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, I've been around the block. Yeah, yeah. All right. uh, I got years in this league. Wait, I want to get back to, I want to get back to what you said because I think it's interesting. He fouls a lot. So, do you sit on the bench and root for him to foul? Like, are you no, happy when I'm he picks up his third? You know, you know, this is a full transparency yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Here. no, I, no did, judgment. Some nights, though, I, was I would. Like, I'll play tonight. Like, I'll be, I'll be, yeah. yeah, obviously, I want to play. Yeah, you're like, like, oh, he's got Gordon Hayward. Take, I'm checking <laughs> in the first quarter. Like, I don't I'm, take that personally that you want me to foul and you want to be out there. No, I would not do that. 
I obviously want the team to win. I want the best guys on the floor to win, and that, as you would put it in that situation, that's what we want. Right, but you want to play. I do want to play, yeah. but I'm in a, what's best for the team. Right, there, You're a better guy than me. There was a stretch. I can't remember when it was last year. It was actually right around the Charlotte time that the game you were talking to where yeah. you played closing minutes where I had a stretch where I, like, I swear, three or four games straight, I got two quick Bowser. Like, Every time. Yeah. It was just like... By game three, it's like, really? Like this again? <laughs> and Max just yeah, every time peels, off, peels off the pants yeah. and comes in, you know, does this yeah. little like right. bulky jog up to the, the scorer's table. <laughs> trying to lose weight, man. And then, no, I meant that in a positive light. You're well built. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I had a stretch for sure where I was doing you some, some favors. No, uh, for not sure. Not intentionally, yeah. obviously. Me and Gabe would be like sitting next to each other and he would just like, I'll be looking at the score around there. There's one. Okay. <laughs> Literally, like, the next possession. Gabe's like, Max, 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 go. <laughs> I was being like, oh. Got to the point where he wasn't even wearing sweats anymore. Yeah, he was literally. just expecting the... But, yeah. We're we're working on that. Uh, yeah. I'm hoping a combination of, you know, I'm being locked in on not using my hands. One, and then also having a little bit more respect I think we, yeah. in this association. Uh, I hope that that will help as well. But yeah. I like the respect. That, let's lean into the respect thing a yeah, little you bit. Heard that right? Right? Yeah. 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 yeah I don't want to just glaze over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't saying right. that. No. It's now more, he's the guy. In the yeah. It's yeah, more yeah. so like I mean, you know, you know what it is like. I don't want to say referees officiate a name, but in so many cases, yeah. they're more inclined to call a foul on you or I mm-hmm. uh, than they are other players. <laughs> I'll yeah. leave that I away. mean. <laughs> You might still be in a rough spot because we got some like big time names on our team now. I mean, True. we like, we got some big time defenders that are right. Like, right. If you're on the floor with Kyle, Jimmy, Bam, I'm going to be the one that they're calling the foul. You're still getting the foul yeah. calls every time. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. when you start getting the wave out. Yeah. So yeah, keep following because I'll probably play more. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about the the 21, 2021 2022 Miami Heat. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of commotion momentum going on in the city of miami uh, i feel like people are pretty excited either of those are the right words no, yeah. like people are, are excited people though. are excited people about are excited. this group i think that we have an incredibly clear identity yeah. um, i think miami as an organization has always had an identity but i think this team's identity and that identity of what they want it to be are like very much aligned i think that the personnel fits really well um just talk a little bit about early on I, you know we don't need any bold predictions or anything but just kind of how you see everything shaping out i mean i think we have a really good team and i think we have a lot of guys that are ready to win now so um i think a lot of guys are also a lot more locked in after right and we got the break too you guys didn't have a break after the bubble true so um you know guys are able to get their bodies back in back in a, a good spot and get their minds right so i think it's it's going to be you know, a better year for us, and 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 we're going to get off to a, a good start. I, I would think. Um, I think we have a lot of new guys going to take a little bit to gel together and get get comfortable with each other. But I think everybody that we have now is is on the same page and 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 ready to to win at a high level. So I I have very high expectations for the Miami Heat this year. Love that. Uh, you and I both. It's crazy. <laughs> I hope so. It's crazy to think, and I. You know, not to throw shade, but like you weren't you weren't a part of this. But less than a year ago, Damn. we were playing for a championship. Yeah. We fit an entire two off seasons into that, and an entire season into less than a year. Um, and I I actually love where we're now positioned. You know, just like mentally now, like like you said, last year was such a short off season uh, to come back 
and just like be back into playing after playing yeah. all the way until October. Now you, you get a little more time off. And on top of that, like once again, nobody's really talking about us, which I think is like where yeah. exactly where we want to be. And that's, yeah, that's where our team like thrives on that stuff. The guys that we have that are like built upon that stuff. So, uh, but you could tell last year, at the end of last year, I mean, guys were just mentally drained. I mean, you could, you could definitely tell. I mean, from just as an outsider, because I wasn't with that championship team, but as an outsider coming in, you could tell that guys were just tired. Like, not even just their bodies, just like the grind of it all. And um, it was definitely weighing on a lot of our guys. No, it, it was for sure. Um, and obviously, like, guys did a really good job of prioritizing, you know, all right, regardless of what's happened, like, we're here now and we're going to yeah, compete. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think, like you said, I don't think you can take away the fact that we played as long as we did. Not making excuses. That's not what I'm here to do. Yeah. Um, but, you know. And last year wasn't easy. I mean, I haven't. I actually haven't had a real NBA season. That's right. So I don't know what a full 82-game I actually haven't either, season. now that I think about it. Because I was like, on a two-way. Yeah. And then yeah. pandemic. And then last yeah. year. But with all the testing and everything last year, and I'm sure it's – a regular no COVID 82 game season is, is a grind and a mental grind for sure. But let alone having to test every day and do all that stuff just adds on to it. So, um, and coming out of a bubble, I mean, it's, it had to have been tough on you guys, man. I would just, I'm giving you a duck out. I would just like to point out, uh, speaking of the 2021 heat, there's a pattern. You guys swept the bucks in 2020. They went out and said, we need to get some, some dogs. They get PJ, they get Drew Holiday, they get Bobby Portis. They win a championship. They sweep you guys last year. You said, hey, let's get some dogs. You get Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker, Markeith Morris. Yeah. I don't know. Might, maybe Max you Struce. guys see the same Max Struess. You were here he already. already a part of I it. got signed. I mean, you throw me I'm a dog. Max Struess. dog. Roof, roof. <laughs> uh, Air Struess. That's a beautiful observation. Right? Did you just come up with that just now? Yeah, just light solid. bulb, which went off. They signed three guys, one of which is the same person that you guys, you guys signed <laughs> three guys, three dogs. I'm just, you know, a power forward, a PJ Tucker and a guard. No, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I think that what they bring obviously is like you mentioned the physicality, but then also like the championship pedigree. All three of them have also won a championship. Right. Yeah. The last uh, three years, right? Yeah. Kyle, Kyle won one oh, in yeah. 2019. Marquee 2020. Yeah. And then, DJ yeah. Wow, look at that. Right. Look at you, man. Come on now. You're on Listen, top of he's, shit. He's dialed in. For oh, sure. not <laughs> um, <laughs> Went for my Halpert moment. <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's transition to not the 305, but the city that made you. The city Should that I raised you. Uh, Actually, I can't even. Th it's Hickory Hills, man. I'm from Hickory no, Hills. No, we'll, uh, we'll go Chi-Town. We'll give you Chi-Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me what it means to be from Chicago. As yeah. Seriously, like a, a basketball city that has a ton of like a, a rich tradition. Now you're one of... I mean, like some incredible players have come out of Chicago and never yeah. made it to the NBA. You're one of Chicago's NBA players. I know. It's crazy, actually. Um, there was just a, a stat that came out that somebody was showing me on Twitter the other day. I don't have a Twitter, so I wouldn't know. But Nice. Um, Off the grid. Love yeah. it. You Instagram, just sounded though. so – you gave Duncan a hard time for being old. You just sounded like a grandfather. I, I don't have a Twitter. I am not a social media guy. No, at not at all. But I have Instagram. I mean, I'm an Instagram guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So – 
I just, I don't need that. Why? Because people want to see you, but they don't care about what you I have to might, say? The marketing department at my agency made me get mm, some great stuff. I see. Yeah, I, I had you have some it. great uh, partnerships, some great collabs of a fan. <laughs> I'm not just, I don't just post hashtag ads. Yeah, like wait, hold on. Over He's here. giving you trouble. <laughs> Listen, this guy's man, Instagram is I'm all about branding a... content. I really am. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, sorry. Back to Chicago. Yeah. No, it does mean a lot. There was a, like I said, that there was a tweet the other day that was like, the 2014 draft class or uh, 2014 high school senior class um, was like loaded. Like Paul, uh, what was it? Paul White, Jaloga for, um, I'm missing a bunch of dudes, but there was like Cliff so that Alexander. Was, that was just two. I remember Cliff. Yeah. Cliff was incredible as a sophomore in high school. He was unbelievable. Incredible. I played him in AAU. Oh my God. He was a man amongst yeah. boys. Grown man. Yeah. I mean, there was like a list of guys that were like all supposed to be like NBA guys. Yeah. And out of that, I was not ranked. And all of those guys, I am like the only one out of there in the NBA. Wow. Damn. I thought that was pretty cool. That's and I'm not trying to brag about myself, but. No, I we'll honestly, brag for you. That's pretty cool. I honestly cool. thought that was pretty cool. That, that no, I know. It's a lot to like for me, like where I'm from and how my story have come up. I mean, I just like nobody expected that. And like you said. Yeah. That's just and I, I think it puts things in perspective, too, of like we've mentioned this before, but like this idea of like running your race and understanding that there's so much noise out there around rankings, around who has what offers, this yeah. and that or whatever. But in so many ways, it's oftentimes the people that are just like staying their course that aren't getting kind of caught up in the distractions mm -hmm. that end up ultimately, you know, persevering. Absolutely. Um, uh, hey, speaking of uh, repping your city, you threw a first pitch out recently. Yeah. I'm curious, nerves throwing a first pitch, first like, you know, free throw, game on the line, 10 Dude, seconds honestly, left. Well, the baseball thing, you know, I was born to do that. Right. You <laughs> could be in the MLB if you gave yourself uh, a year. But no. That's I've, a ridiculous statement, ridiculous by the way. I'm not take. ready to move past that. No, it's to a ridiculous say, Hitting a baseball or whatever, throwing a baseball, it's like one of the hardest sports to break into. There's so many minor leagues for you to sit here and say that you can be an MLB player in a year is disrespectful. Well, 98 is just a ridiculous number, too. I can't throw 98 miles. Away. Okay. All right. No, Anyways, do you, you go back but you to played. the you played. I played all throughout high school. I was actually going to play at my at Lewis University. Mm. I was going to play, and then I transferred. Pitcher? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't hit for shit. What was in your bag? Yeah. What are you throwing? Dude, I threw two pitches. Fastball and a changeup. That's not getting it yeah, done. Yeah, that's not no, getting it done. It's not getting it done. My changeup was nasty. And people, is a circle change? A circle change. Oh, that's dirty. The people know. Well, Pedro I'm Martinez circle change back into the righty hitter. So okay, so did you? <laughs> that's nice. So this first pitch, did you just let it fly? Dude, or you play I it am safe? not happy about how it went. Oh no. Yeah. Um, first off, they kind of disrespected me. Um, oh boy. They made the mascot catch for me. <laughs> so like that, honestly, just like that pissed me that's off. Demeaning. Right that's yeah, demeaning. That's yeah, demeaning. Yeah, I was pissed. Yeah, I'm not even going to lie to you. I was like, come on. Now you're aiming for Does that him. ruin the yeah. entire experience? It didn't. I, I, you know, I was like, they came up to me. He's like, is the mascot going to catch that all right? And I was like, all right. right. Like, I just took it. I was like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. I'm here. Let's do it. And then I get out to the mound, right? And I'm lining up the pitch, and the mascot is in front of home plate. Oh, dude. And I'm no. like, dude, these people At least just, get down in a like, stance. Yeah. Oh, he did. He got in the stance. All right. But he stood in front of home plate. Like, well, I can't reach it there. Like, right. Come on, man. That yeah. Was just, that personal. Really, that really, yeah, I took that very You should have just unleashed. Yeah. I did throw it hard. Just um, try to, like, put it right in between. But it was a little right. up and in. I left it high. Mm. Um, yeah. 
I wasn't happy about that, but the mascot did say his hand hurt. Oh, well, there oh, you go. Mascots aren't supposed to talk. So. And so he caught it. Like, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't a wild pitch. Oh, no, no, oh, okay. no, no, no. We're it was fine. just a little up and in. Like, no, no, probably no, no. would that, hit the guy hitting that's if he was fine. a righty. Yeah, yeah, um, But you have to send a message early. Yeah. You know, move right. him off the plate. Yeah, yeah. And then you got more room to operate. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm actually curious to this because you're also wearing a White Sox hat. I am. I don't think I've World ever. World Series champs this year. I don't think I've ever met anybody from Chicago that's a White Sox fan, not a Cubs fan. I feel like everybody from Chicago claims the Cubs. How how does Chance that e- the rapper, White Sox guy, Southside? Yes. How did how do you end up as a White Sox? Fan? There's a there's like a there's a there's divide like a line. Yeah. Well, I just feel like the Cubs get like all the notoriety. They do in that city. because they've won. They've been the the success team. Watch the White Sox are probably going to win the World Series. Do you watch year. baseball? I, sometimes. Do you like tune in to live games? I've actually been more invested in the White Sox this year because they're obviously way better. So I don't want. I'm not a fair weather fan, but. I've obviously been a Sox fan my whole life and everything, but they are having like an unbelievable season, so I have been into it more than I have been in the past, yes. All right, I got a question for you. You get a year to train, okay? A hundred at-bats in the major leagues. Yeah. Do you get a hit? If so, how many? Do I get a hit? No, I told you I wasn't a hitter, though. So zero hits. All right, mm, 100 at-bats? Yeah. Nah, I might get you 10. 10 hits? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, this guy is out of hundred at bats. Yeah, dude. that's a lot of at bats. I'll tell you what, Davis. He'll underplay this. Was a really good high school baseball player. Yeah, like good. really good. High I was good. Actually, I wasn't I was really a good. shitty hitter. Let me take that back. Five. I could probably get five hits. That's realistic. I don't know. Five out of hundred. I don't know if there's anything if in you professional gave me, how sports. How long do I get to train? A year, dude. I don't know if there's anything. I know we said earlier that getting off the bench after two hours and shooting is the hardest thing in professional sports. <laughs> Hitting a baseball is a hundred times harder. Oh, it's yeah, it's near impossible. And Those these guys are, guys are so the, talented. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's just, you can't even see the ball. No, you're not getting. I don't know if you're getting a hit. A year to train. I've argued this with him too. He thinks he can get a hit. There's no way. I, uh, I really do. Yeah, I was pretty good. I was a pretty good baseball. Player. I will say I do have a very cool feel. I did hit a home run at Fenway. Whoa! In a live game. Well, a twelve a twelve inch softball game. But we uh, went, and I hit it from second base. All right. Okay, well, that doesn't, doesn't count, count at all. <laughs> what type of, like, but that thing, it was going on the street if it didn't hit the, the big sign that they have up there. Still I'm telling count. you, I murdered this ball. Like, it was unreal. It was probably one of the coolest from things From second I've done. base, Max, it doesn't count. I was going to say, like, especially in, in left field. Do you do it. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> counting it. To the t- Fenway in left field is like a short port. You've got to get it up, the monster. you, you got to get it up. But it's, it's 310 down the line. I love that you guys just completely shit on me when I just said that this is one of the coolest <laughs> things I've ever done. And now it's like, no, that's not even that hard to do. Man. I actually, I'll give you 100 tries. I would love to see you try to hit. All right, what if I flipped it? Because you're a pitcher. You get a year to train. Oh, you yeah. face 100 batters. Yeah. How many get hits off you? They're batting oh 500. Gosh. Probably more. Yeah, probably 700. Oh, yeah. Well, no. I mean, like, some of them are maybe, like, deep flyouts. So, it's like... You yeah, know, yeah I, have a few, I have a team behind me. Yeah, 100%. Me. Yeah. You're playing for the White Sox. Dude, my changeup was nasty. <laughs> You're throwing two pitches. <laughs> I had a knuckleball, too, that I threw in there sometimes. It wasn't great, but I had it. Um, but, I, yeah. I mean, if you gave me the, a year to train... Dude, I'm telling you, I have to do this now. Like, I kind of want to retire from basketball and just go into baseball now. I'm intrigued. No, we're going to... We'll find a baseball field. We'll... See what you got. I'm in. All right. I'm in. <laughs> Do you have anything else for us? No. I, I just wanted to get to the baseball stuff. I'm glad we did. <laughs> um, well, all right, Max. I mean, this is this has been a joy. I, I actually w- I want to end with this. Uh, <laughs> it's starting to go off the rails. <laughs> so it was. So we actually 
you know, Davis was flying down. Uh, our incredibly talented video guy, Jason, was flying down for this little stretch. We were going to do a couple interviews. And I threw out, you know, we should do Max. And I just wanted, I mentioned earlier, we're a fully transparent podcast. I just want to let you know that Davis did not want to interview. Don't do that. Did Don't not want to interview that. you no, that doesn't for this you. show. He didn't want to do it. Oh, yeah. my you know, God. I, I'll let him defend himself. He's he giving actually, partial facts. He made a facts. somewhat decent point. Yes. But I just wanted to let you know publicly that I defended your honor. And I said to him, I'm like, listen, I really think it's important that we have Max on mostly because <laughs> we've teased. Mostly because yeah, thank we, you. Mostly because we've teased it like four different times to him. And if I do it again and pull the carpet out from under him, he's going to probably disown me as a friend. Um, but I just want to say thank you and that I was your strongest advocate for you coming on this show. You, well, can, you can see through the BS, right? I, like this I, that's research. 100% exactly what happened. Like factual information. I appreciate you guys squeezing me in. Uh, means a lot to me. It wasn't that. We have a whole, uh, we have a whole production yeah, here. Yeah. Oh man, it's all good. I get it. I'm not that big of a name. No, I it, stop. I'm not. I'm probably not going to boost the followers up. Oh or my like god, that. it's all right. Max, so defend yourself. You made a good point. You realize this is the long shot podcast, right? Like we, you are his story. We talked about it earlier. Yeah. Like you mirror his story. You're perfect for the podcast. Here's what actually happened. I'm down here for like 48 hours. So we have an interview lined up tomorrow. Yeah, you got bigger names. No, 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 no. That's not where I'm going with this. We have an interview lined up tomorrow. So we were going to try to squeeze in something tonight, right? That was the plan. Yeah, so I threw out some names. You weren't on the list, but that's not of personal. Course. I checked in with him on that list and I said, can any of these guys do it? He said, I got Max. <laughs> and, I, and so here's what I said. I said- I was excited about it too. And here was my response. I said, Max will be great but can we try the list I sent you? Because Max is a friend. We can get him at any point. That was it. That was all. You could. I, I just knew you that you're a good one. You're a good one for us. Because we've talked about this a lot. Scheduling is a nightmare. Scheduling so is it's tough. good to have guys like you that we know yeah. we can kind of keep in the back pocket. You're going to be a great guest whenever you're on. This is a great episode. I love this conversation. Oh, that's probably My terrible. only point to him it. was... You're probably going to delete it right after this. Well, yeah, this will never end. <laughs> yeah. My only point was, let's try to reach for somebody we maybe couldn't get otherwise. We can get Max at any point. That was it. But hey, I'm glad you're here. I appreciate you. All right? Let's get some more words of affirmation going. You are strong. Okay. You are handsome. You are a better shooter oh, than him. Oh, shit, I hate oh, I'll take that one. <laughs> um, anyways... I, I just felt like I, that needed to be said yeah. um, because I feel like you've given me a hard time for not coming on the podcast. So I just wanted to let you know in this moment that I was. I mean, if you guys never wanted me on, I would completely understand. I get it. Yeah, that's really what it was. Um, no, you, you truly, you have an unbelievable story. Um, I think that I, for whatever reason, my story gets told a lot Division three to the NBA. I think yours does too, but I don't think it still gets the, the notoriety that it deserves. You've done a lot more than me. You, like no, but career. he got the he got the the he shout did it out. First. He beat me to it. No, but he got the shout out before he did as much as you have in the NBA. Well, for me, it was he like made a, it, before I it was a sure. weird thing yeah. in at Michigan where like I wasn't Duncan Robinson who played for Michigan. I was Duncan Robinson the Division yeah, Three. Yeah, you were like the first one to do it, and it was yeah. just like to the point where like it, it was like exhausting of like. I have a, another identity other than the fact that I once played at a small college. Like yeah. I, I could just be a basketball player. What's that identity? Be... Let's dig into it. Who are you? Who is Duncan Robinson? Uh, we can unpack <laughs> this at a later date. Um, but anyways, we appreciate you coming on. You, your story 
uh, exemplifies a long shot. You shoot long shots on the basketball court. Uh, extended range. Uh, and for those reasons, you're a fantastic guest. So thank you for coming on the show. No, I really appreciate it, man. It means a lot to me to finally be on here. And not that I was wanted to be here, but you know what? I'll oh take, I'll take no. anything I can We're get. We're not at doing this point. that. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Uh,